This episode of Everything Hurts is brought to you by Cite, which is a new tool that helps researchers quickly see how a research paper has been cited and if it's been supported or disputed by subsequent research. Instead of just a list of titles, Cite shows you an excerpt of text from each citing article so you can easily see what each citing paper says, which is a huge time saver when evaluating the veracity of citations. You can even check all the references from a single paper in just one go. As an Everything Hurts listener, you can get 30% off their premium package for 12 months, which gives you access to unlimited reports and reference checks. Go to site.ai, that's S-C-I-T-E dot A-I, and use the coupon code HURTS to claim this offer. For more details, check out our show notes. That's a good fucking rule of thumb for you. If all this, if all this power calculation stuff is hanging out looking weird, then... Someone's trying to pull a fast one. Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo. I'm here with James Heathers from Cypher Skin. James, Woo! James, I, I want to ask yeah. you. Yeah, you, you go. No, I wasn't going to say anything. Well, okay. I, I just don't feel like interrupting you today. I feel like being nice to you. That's good. It's a nice change. I, I got a question for you. Do Do you think there is any good uh, justification for the defence that you can't make your data open because we're still working on it? This is this is a commonly it's getting it's getting more commonly used defence for for not sharing data, and um, it's it it popped up again on Twitter. Uh, I, I, tweeted a thing um, which was uh, talking about this very issue that kind of got a bit popular and I saw you tweeted something about this. So, do you think there's any sort of reasonable defense for that justification? Mm. Okay. So, it's, it's possible. I have a certain limited sympathy if you've been like every participant in a study is like gold or every galaxy that you find or a telescope after fucking looking for a month for each one or something, or you're looking for someone with a rare disorder and it's, it represents a tremendous outlay of time and resources. Sometimes I get why people wouldn't want to, I, I get why people wouldn't want to share that right it's not as if we're like, i'm not going to come in with a like here's my principled stance ah I, it's it's not a good place for that um also you're going to alienate all the people who feel like that their data in particular is their precious jewels right um a lot of the time that argument is bullshit and it's bullshit for a variety of different reasons one reason is that it's putting their data on a pedestal that it just has no business occupying. A lot of people, people don't give a fuck about your data. There's not like hordes of people hanging around the corridor like you want to like jump in and grab it and suddenly turn it into a bunch of garbage publications. The other thing is if they do that, unless they identify it as being yours, in which case you'll know, right, and then they're going to go out and participate in a community. So if that's something that's held to a social standard, then you're going to know. 
Either that or they're literally fabricating elements of the study. If they say it's from elsewhere, it's not, right? So if you're afraid of other people's behavior, then, I mean, they have to identify themselves to do that behavior. And I I can't recall a single time where I've seen a dust-up where someone's uh, given a data set out publicly and then someone else has come along and used the publicly available data set uh, in a way that's really pissed off the first authors because it's kind of like it's you're mining my intellectual property. Um, the second thing is a practical barrier. Like if you pick up someone else's, especially if there isn't any code, if you pick up someone else's data, you you may have very little nuanced understanding of how it was collected, how it works, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, a lot of the time, the best thing it's for is simply replicating what you see in front of you. You have no knowledge of the like, internal controls, basically everything that's not written down that accompanies the data. You don't know that stuff, so it could be less useful than it could be less useful than you think in the context of exactly why you did the study for someone else to get their hands on it and use it. I've I've compared it to a lot of different things before, but pick your own available metaphor for like someone else is helping you along the way, but they've helped you in a way that's just about as confusing as you're doing it yourself <laughs> a lot of the time. You know, it's it's like it's like um, uh, so you 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 know let's 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 do another one. You, you're going to run a marathon, but someone drops you off in a car halfway, but they don't give you any instructions which direction to fucking run. <laughs> they just they just pick somewhere that's go, fucking thir- thirteen miles out or something like that, and go. It's in that vague direction, and then you start running. Um, the the third thing is, of course is that you're not obligated to give away every single fuckface thing that you've actually collected. Not only can you release a limited amount of whatever it is that you're collecting uh, with the precise analytical code designed to reproduce everything that you did, but you're, you're allowed to censor various elements of it if it makes it actually useful on the... the, the because there's two things here. There's, there's data as a public resource and there's data as a, as a, as a the center of computational reproducibility. The other thing, of course, is uh, you, can, you, can, you can send a synthetic if it's a matter of being able to see it. What people don't want to say, and I've actually had this conversation a few times in, in recent weeks because, I mean, it's one of those topic du jours for me that comes up every month or two. One of the things that people don't say is simply, if I give you my data and my code, you might find something wrong with it and that I would find that like embarrassing or untoward. And I don't want you to be able to look under the skin of this particular sausage because I have fears of looking silly, wasting my time, whatever else. A lot of it is just it's 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 posturing because there is a there, there is an element past which people are not interested in whether or not the fucking thing is right. They're interested in whether or not it's publishable or whether or not they're going to make a cock of themselves because the environment that you work in, that I used to work in, is incredibly risk-averse in many respects. Incredibly risk-averse because just anything that's going to knock you off your horse is, is, is to be shunned. So you do get this. And the final thing, the fourth thing, I only said, I, I think I said I had three points. Turns out I have four. The final thing is you can release anything you want if it's a matter of computational reproducibility, right? You can release anything you want 
Fucking sign an NDA. Do what every business with protected data does everywhere for every fucking reason. Get a goddamn template form that simply says this data is for this task and you're allowed to look at it. And here's what it is. You are not allowed to reproduce it. You are not allowed to give it to your best friend. You are not allowed to print it out and make paper planes of it and then fly them into the fucking Pentagon. You can't do anything except check it for mistakes. It is perfect. Not It's not only legal to do that. It's fucking easy. Put anyone who's listening to this right now has got the internet. Let's do it together right now. Let's go to Google and put in NDA template free. Enter. Okay, the reason there's 2.6 million results <laughs> and that every single... Look at, look at, look at this. Look at this. Um... Open docs. Uh, here's one from an actual university. Um, parties are engaged in the uh, possibility of engaging one of four mutually. Blah, 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 blah. Go to your lawyers that your university definitely has it. You've never used because you never fucking bothered. Right? Get one of these. Offer the ability to sign it. Now, it is a separate and related question, Dan, of like whether or not it should be a public resource. But the idea of you can't check it or you can't see it is different to should this be an enduring public object. Now, should this be an enduring public object is a little bit more complicated, but you can't check it because if you saw it, I have absolutely no options forever. Uh, and that someone will take my hard work and they'll use it to turn it into their own special little papers. And then, and then what will I get after I spent all this time torturing undergraduates with a spoon or whatever the fuck it is your terrible research is? Wow, and I didn't think I'd have much to say today. Look <laughs> at you asking me a question I actually know the answer to. I think um, I think people underplay the benefits of actually doing this in the first place. Um, there's a lot of examples, particularly within neuroscience and um, genetics, where people are sharing these data sets. They, they have first dibs on the data because they collected the thing, and t- typically it's some high-profile paper that gets published in Nature or Science or whatever. And then they go, here's the thing, here is our main outcome, but here is all the data, have at it. And people are obviously using the data, but they're citing the original paper and they're still getting a lot of benefits out of it. And I think you hit the nail on the head in that if you've collected the data, you know the data back to front. And it's more likely, it's, it's, it's far less likely that someone who doesn't know the data is going to come and go, oh, wow, you haven't considered these things. Uh, not, not to mention not having a, a good understanding of how the data is structured. So people... Mm. Uh, and, and as well, like <laughs> your data isn't that special. <laughs> people yeah, have this idea. Often, that- often it's really not. Oh, it's it's more. It's, yeah, look, they people people honestly they do see this more from I, I think on aggregate a risk management perspective than they do from a oh I've lost my intellectual property sense. Mm. Yeah, they're more afraid of the non-zero possibility of looking stupid rather than the also non-zero but unknowable uh, idea that someone's going to come in and do the, the the exactly the same thing that they had planned. I mean, the other thing is, of course, if someone could pick your data set up and do that and it's that fucking easy, do it yourself. Yeah. Fuck's sake. You just said it was oh, it's so incredibly easy to come in and do this. If it's that fucking easy and you already know what's in it, you've got a tremendous competitive advantage. I don't know what the fuck you're afraid of. Um, more, 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 than, more than that. Daniel, but uh, I'm 
Do you remember the Many Labs paper where they're doing the thing on the uh, on the red cards in soccer between the white and the black teams? Yeah, great, great. Paper. And they said, and they said to the analysts, uh, "Here's what you should do." And every single fucking analyst did it differently. There's no ironclad guarantee that someone is going to pull out the exact same result that you're like looking for on a spiritual level. If it's that fucking obvious, you do it. <laughs> if it's not. It's really very likely that any analysis that someone publishes from it will have substantial material differences to how you do exactly the same thing. I think as well, having the, the fact that the, the data is open and your scripts are open adds a bit of extra credibility to the actual paper. Uh, yeah, of course. Even if people aren't going to actually check it, the fact that they can check it and you're willing to put your cards on the table going, you know what, I, I back myself um, or either I, either yeah. A, I back myself or B, I'm willing to take the hit and I actually want to get to the bottom of the thing I'm investigating and um, if, if I'm wrong, I'll, I want people to tell me. Daniel, you know what this podcast is about. We've had this particular element of this conversation several times, sometimes by ourselves and sometimes with guests. Everyone's heard that by now. This is this this should be reiterative to anyone who's spent any amount of time with us whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, obviously that's what it means. Yeah. It's it's a, a social signifier as well as a, a practical step that puts you in that position where you're saying, "I have sufficient confidence in myself." I mean, some people obviously don't give a fuck. Have you ever downloaded a data set? Um, and then dug into it a bit and then going, oh, my God, what did they do with the fucking chimpanzees? Do you know why they, they let it out in the first place? It's because they never, they never thought anyone was going to check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean- I, I, There was a, a case I was involved with about six months ago where there's a obvious problems with this data set. I'm not going to get into the uh, I'm not going to get into the weeds with this one. But a lot of the data sets were already open because the, 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 the bloke who was behind all the problems- with the data sets, it was like the common thread between all of them. He just thought no one would ever check or no one ever had the ability to. So the, the data was already available. It was like linked right out of the papers. It's just no bugger had ever looked at it. It's like the um, it's like that paper where they said um, it was for a journal where it was compulsory to um to to upload data in an Excel file, and then in the Excel file it was just one cell which says email the editor, uh, e- email the author for, for to request the data. <laughs> Like you bastard. Oh, you dick. That that is I mean that's a bit funny. I'm inclined to forgive that for being funny. Yeah, you know, I honestly um, but think that is ridiculous, obviously. I honestly think they weren't trying to be a dickhead. I honestly think they were like, Oh well, you know, this is just we let's just rush the paper in. We have to we have to submit it. Um maybe if we do this. I, I it's just I don't I don't think it was like it's like the, it's like the journal equivalent of shit posting, doing something like that, but uh, I, I don't yeah, think no. that. It's, it's it's fucking hilarious, though. <laughs> that is um, that 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 is that is legit funny. Um, but you know, of course, I mean, it's a, a all sorts of tomfuckery that happens. I mean, something that happened to me a little while ago has actually happened to me more, um, more than once. Um, I wrote to uh, some lad because there's just a straight-up mistake in the paper. Like figure four uh, in this example was just inconsistent with the text. It wasn't labelled right. It might not have even been the right graph. Fatal mistake? Um, or it was a pretty key result and it was obviously not in the paper. So I don't know. It was either a typo or an enormous fuck-up. It's impossible to tell. 
Okay. So I wrote to the lad going, um, you know, this is wrong, right? No response. That's modal. That's the modal response to being told that something like that's going on. And do you know what? He probably thought, oh, this isn't important. Maybe this guy will forget about it. Do you know what? I did fucking forget about it. I did. I didn't chase it up. I can't wear my – I just don't have the the space in my head or my life to wear my fucking academic integrity at all costs hat anymore. I just can't fucking do it. Obviously, there's a whole infrastructure of information out there that doesn't want it and – I can't beat my head against the fucking wall. So I stopped. I mean, occasionally a pub peer thing, but a lot of the time for a lot of errors, you don't really have certainty. It's a perspective error rather than an error. And you need something to be cleared up. You can't get a pub peer on the basis of, I have a strong suspicion that. No, it's not for that. The person who'd tell you how it works is the person who actually stuck it together in the first place. Mm. Will they write back to you? They will not. So what do you do? Yeah. And the answer is you just get really, really, really fucking tired, you know? At some point in time, you're more 40 than 30, and uh, you find yourself in a position where you just your arms just can't dig the fucking well anymore. So that's cheery. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> We well, didn't really say how we were. We just dived you, straight I'm into a, talking about science. I'm uh, I, I'm excited. Oh, I'm oh, excited, James. Excited. Yeah, be- right. because uh, we got a new sponsor. Do we, indeed, Daniel? We have a new sponsor, and uh, we're we say partner, Daniel. Partner. We got a new partner. A sponsor gives you money to do dumb shit because they think it's valuable. This is a partnership. We are going to help them. They're going to help us. We're going to be mates. We have a new partner, and it's Sight. Uh, we don't just partner with anyone. Um, pre- we only partner with uh, products, no. and we and we, we we partner with products and companies that we actually believe in. And we believe in this company enough that we we, we had them on. We had uh, Sean Rife on, uh, the, the chief scientific officer. Of site um, about tw- several episodes, twenty ago. or thirty episodes ago, to talk about the work that they do. And um, look, they've they brought in a lot of new features since we last spoke. But essentially, if you haven't heard of Site, um, it is a service where you can quickly see the uh, how a research paper has been cited. Um, quite often when it comes to citations, we look at a paper and we see the absolute number of citations, but that number doesn't actually tell you the quality or what type of citation, whether it was actually a citation that um, supports or disputes or whether it's just a name check of this is what these people did. Um, so, Cite is uh, super handy in that you can play plug in any, any DOI and then it'll tell you for that given paper um, how many times it's been cited and of those citations, which ones are citations that go, yes, this is consistent with this work or whether it disputes a certain paper um, or whether it's just a mention. And the, the really cool thing, um, I think this is a relatively new feature in that it actually extracts the part of the paper that it cites you. So, you can actually read and verify um, from what part of the paper it says that actual citation go yep and just to double check because it is a machine learning algorithm that does the ma- that does the majority of the checks um, but you can actually go and verify and go yep 
that is correct. So it's yeah. um, when I look up a paper now on PubMed, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be using this for as long as it's around. It's become normal now. I just checked; we had Sean on an episode eighty. Um. So I mean, <laughs> the idea's been a long time fucking coming there, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, this is this is a recent thing. Um. And we're very bullish on this platform. I've got to tell you, even now, obviously, doing corporate job, McFuck being a fancy man here. If I open up a paper on something that I want to read and I see that there's red citations, even if I'm in a flying hurry and I see there's red citations on the the, site panel, which means that the the result is disputed by something else, I 100% of the time always click the red ones. Now, the green ones, mm, take it or leave it. Just the mentions, take it or leave it as well a lot of the time. But if there's a dispute, only to know the context. Every single time I'm checking something like that, I check the red papers on site. So that's the kind of, I mean, that's the the sort of like intellectual basis of like where we'd want to get involved in a partnership with other people. It's something that we fucking use all the time. Yeah. So now we're here. Where, Isn't that fun? Yeah. So I, I clearly want to say that there's a there's a really cool feature that they just started where you can actually upload a single document and say you're reviewing a paper, um, mm. you can upload a document and it'll extract the uh, all the citations from from that document and it'll tell you uh, for each citation what the number of supporting, disputing, or mentioning articles are. And uh, I mean, think about it. If you if you're going to read each of those indi- each of those papers individually, there's no time for that. Um, but you can, you can actually put this in there and it'll give you like a report to say, Hey, of this paper that you're reviewing, like 30 of the, most of the papers that it's cited is based on really shaky ground. Um, and it just, it, it gives you an overview of the literature that, uh, quite often you, you don't have. So I, re- I really like that. Yeah, man. It's, um, I have not played with the new features yet and I kind of didn't want to because I want it to be a surprise for later episodes. I don't want to run out of stuff to talk about. Um, so I want to, I want to open the new box, uh, of all that stuff later on. Um, but cause you know, otherwise it'll just be you repeating yourself over and over again, telling people <laughs> that's how not much fun. you like it. That's and not as fun. you know, it's not fun at all. And as you like a lot of stuff, but I like this I mean, one. Hi. Look, but you know, honestly, there's not a lot of organizations that are really appropriate for doing a partnership with us in the first place. It's, it takes a very certain sort of, a certain sort of focus in a certain kind of area. Um, and, you know, there's been other ones that we've said no to or been offered and just not pursued mm. because fuck them, you know. Something <laughs> turns up, I've never heard of it, never used it before, comes with a big bag of money. Well, I don't have the time to get involved in finding out whether or not I like it. So, you know, but that that kind of that kind of crushes our commercial options. <laughs> narrows it to about four to about four companies. That's thought, fine. I'm fine with that. Were, I thought you were in business now, James. Yeah, but I'm not very good at it yet. <laughs> if you if you do want to um they, they have a free tier where you get um access to to most of the features, but there are some limitations on how many um, reports and visualizations you can get. But if you do want to get onto their premium tier, um, you can get thirty uh, percent off 
for for an entire year. You just got to hop on and use the coupon code Hertz H E R T Z, and you can get thirty percent off. Um, normally, it's fifteen bucks a month or a hundred bucks a year, but you can get thirty percent off if you use the coupon cu- coupon code. So check it out. Uh, check out their free tier and check out the premium tier as well. Did you know that our Everything Hurts patrons can get access to a library of 20 bonus episodes? Well, you do now. We release a bonus episode every month to our $5 a month patrons who also get a lifetime 20% discount on Hurch merchandise. We also have a $1 per month tier, which gives you access to a monthly newsletter, the merch discount, and the occasional bonus episode. If you want to support the show but can't swing the Patreon money, you can share a review or post about the show on social media instead, as we'd love that as well. Now, let's get back to the show. I saw a tweet uh, earlier today, and it was from, from- Man, you and your fucking topics, I saw a tweet. Do you have any other source of novel information where, in your where, life? Where, have you, where have else, you read else? a newspaper? Yeah, <laughs> mate. I haven't Ever? touched. A, I haven't touched a physical newspaper in in forever. Right. Okay. I'm not saying what I'm thinking right now. Go on. You saw a tweet, you I, fucking modern man. I'm I'm extremely modern. I, I saw a tweet from uh, from <laughs> Marco Altini, who is uh, in, in, in another person in the long line of of, of intelligent uh, Italian cardiac physiologists who oh, yeah. who um mentioned something uh, you go back a review paper he sent he sent in we'll, we'll add a we'll add a link to the tweet um but he sent in a paper which was looking at uh, some sort of measure of heart rate variability in elite triathletes and um sent it into the journal and the journal uh basically gave a death reject because the uh because the sample size was too small um, which is kind of funny because there aren't that many elite triathletes running around, let alone ones that are willing to do your research study. And it made me think about this idea of rules of thumb, the rules of thumb that we have in research. We, we, we have them all the time when it comes to what sort of appropriate sample size that you should have. Um, and uh, there, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. So I wanted to chat to you. Uh, about this idea of rules of th- mm. rules of thumb, and I, you saw this tweet. I don't know whether you saw it because I sent it to you, or you saw it independently. Um, but what, what comes to mind? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see see you saying nothing about it. I've followed Marco for years, and um, I have a lot of uh, exercise fizz people um, mm. on my twats, and it's crazy. Uh, th- that means a crack through the algorithm for me. This is a. I mean, this is. I. The problem is, I haven't seen the paper. I don't know what. I don't know if he's pre-printed it. I don't know if it's linked. Um, but <sighs> there is a tension between something that's really hard to get, right? Something that's really hard to get, and the fact that if it's really hard to get. It means that it's going to affect your sample size, but also the fact the rest of the universe doesn't give a fuck about how hard data is to get. Reliable is reliable on the the basis of predefined power and what you're expecting to observe. What happens in look? There's there's plenty of areas where, especially uh, some rare diseases, um, some long term interventions, where it's much more common to study a small cohort of people a lot. So 
because like, I've known, I fuck, um, I haven't seen Marco in years, but uh, I've followed his stuff pretty carefully because he's one of the first people to reliably put a heart rate monitor into an app that works out of mm-hmm. a phone that works in a way that doesn't make me want to kill myself, right? Um, and he's done he's done a lot of stuff that's in that uh, in that kind of space. Um, he's published things previously that I've found very interesting um, because he also has the ability to. I mean, he designed the fucking app, uh, and it it has a lot of aftermarket uh, availability to be able to stick in other devices. So he seems like the kind of cat who'd have access to a tremendous amount of data over time. Now, here's the thing. Power's one thing, and there is a social scientific bias to discussions about power where you simply assume that all the pertinent questions in an observation are between subjects' questions, right? So this is the whole like the whole way back about a decade ago, and fucking uh, twenty one words. So the your uh, assignments and declaration, um, the uh, like basic requirements, rules of thumb for cell sizes, which are about twenty. Um, rules of thumb for interactions, which is like get everyone in the whole world or it's not powered, go fuck yourself. Um, but if you've like people who are really good at anything, it's like studying really high level executives if you're doing case studies on how they did decision making in business. You can't just go, Oi, Mr. Zuckerberg, you fish faced looking fucking freak show. Um, give us access to all your stuff so I can track your whatever. He doesn't give a fuck about you. He's got a company to run. Yeah, badly right now, but I mean, he's, he's still going to do it, right? So, elite athletes are exactly the same. Well, the whole fucking day is planned out. You know, they've got a schedule. They're waking up at four in the morning. You're like, can I have all of your data to do a project? Um, this is, it's, it's not easy. Um, likewise, like kids in care with rare diseases or, um, uh, people uh, in a similar situation, but in different countries. Like you want to study people who've got uh, a, like a rare tropical disease. Well, you're not going to find them in Seattle, dickhead. You've got you've got to go. I mean, some things are just really hard to get. And the nice thing about something like this is you have a very strong stimulus, which is a lot of training over time, which is already measured, but you have access to the kind of volumetric data miles or kilometers of whatever for however period of time at a known cardiac load, basically a known cardiac output, more or less. So you've got that, but you've also got that chronically. So I'm going, I'm pretty confident in saying that a measurement like that has got dozens, dozens of individual independent data points within each individual subject. And that is matched to large global variables that will affect how those measurements work. Yeah? And that what it's trying to say is here over these hundreds of periods for this very small group of people, over these hundreds of individual inter-associations, there's a really big obvious pattern. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of areas where it's no trouble to I mean, I, I think of like classic examples in a case like this, the one where the guy cracked the knuckles on one hand for yeah. 30 years and then left the other alone and he and, didn't get osteoarthritis, even though he Perfect. religiously, yeah, he religiously cracked the knuckles on one hand every single morning. I saw a sleep study once that some mad old cat did where he tracked his own sleep cycles for fucking a year and nine months or something every single day. And then he starts pointing out patterns. Now, 
it's a very good description of him, how representative he is of a separate population is a different story. But for triathletes, all, all, all you're trying to uh, make, make inferences for is other triathletes. So... Well, yeah, and I was like, how many, how many of the, how many elite, how elite are they? And how, I mean, so the, but the whole idea of there's not enough observations, never darken my door again. It's, I mean, it wasn't even that. It wasn't, there aren't enough people. It's not there aren't enough observations. We don't know how many observations there were. I'm assuming hundreds. Yeah. And that's what kind of. If you, if you track everything that's happening in my life and I take, I take some kind of biometric measurement accurately three times a day. For nine months or some shit, do you think there's no information in that because it's just me? No, there's no generalizability in that, which is not the same as no information. It's describing me very well. Now, if all you're interested in is me, it's probably pretty fucking useful. So, you were thinking about rules of thumb. Here's a rule of thumb. Don't deal with any editor who doesn't understand the difference between be- between and within subjects power. <laughs> It really shits me to tears when on Twitter I see someone go, look at this study, N of 30, lol. And it's just this blanket statement that I think you hit the nail on the head in that it's just there's this social science bias that for almost every single social psychology study I can think of, N of 30 is, yeah, it's too low. But then this rule of thumb has gone into other research fields. And every single time this debate yeah. happens, I guarantee okay, you some, some, of, some psychophysics guy is going to come in and go, oh, oh yeah. end, of, end of two, mate, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's obviously a strong example, but, I mean, there's plenty of others. If you did, like, uh, invasive nerve measurements or something and you were changing uh, the responses, like the voltage spectra, uh, the, the the shape of the electricity you were you were jamming into people or any number of any number of other things you're taking like you wouldn't need thirty people you eight or ten sometimes in the way that I'm thinking of that'd be lots because um, you're measuring a fucking mechanism um, a lot of biological studies are the same you're like oh does this thing express well his four mice here his four mice here uh, these one in this group are 550 percent over baseline this one here is minus three percent over baseline it works fuck you it's it, it's not a good it's not a good fit to task kind of heuristic for is this good or bad I mean you've got to at least read the fucking abstract and know what it's about I mean, I think a lot of the time those criticisms are well offered for the most part because, I mean, if it's an N of 30 and think some bullshit social behavioral intervention, you split it into four cells or something. Then, <laughs> yeah, four-way interaction. That's, fucking, that's pathetic. If every one of those people went out and uh, recruited 25 people themselves, <laughs> maybe it would be, be okay. Um, but, you know. It really speaks to the- it, it, it's frust- It's frustrating to see surface level criticisms of these because it just this part of you thinks continuously. Are we really not there yet? Is this something that's difficult to understand now? Are we still there after all this time, all these digital resources, all this education, the entirety of human fucking history going back to Cohen and Fisher and and fucking uh, you really still don't like do you never even opened up a data set to fuck around with it yourself or you just add some variance to see 
what a, like you never had the, the curiosity just to intuit that this is like your criticism is total bullshit. Is that really how much genuine thought that you've put into this? Or if you have, why are you such a fucking twit? It's, it's very frustrating. It's always been very frustrating to see the fact that there's people in positions of extensive intellectual authority who are hasty or poorly educated or colossally hypocritical because you assume that while the work makes progress, the quality of our ability to evaluate the work would make progress as well. As everything gets more complicated and more interesting and starts to find new questions over time and it's all very exciting, a portion of it still runs on a bedrock of people who are not much smarter than fucking bedrock. Or they haven't adapted to recent techniques. Recent techniques, my ass. It's just, I mean, the ability to access things can change, but the, the, the raw mechanics of how many observations fuel a thing doesn't. And things are rejected all the time for a whole bunch of spurious reasons. Obviously, someone has a bad day, they're in a hurry, they make a stupid decision. But I don't know. It always, like, at some at some point in time, it just it, engaging with it uh, to a, a degree that really got me sort of surly and outwardly rude about it. It just started to slip off. There's only so much caring you can do when you realize that there's a loosely affiliated network of people who were never going to care about it as much as you do. And they're too diffuse to really do any damage on. They're not interested in your opinion. And at some point in time, you just, it's just a big Gallic shrug. So I'm in a great fucking mood. Um, do you want to talk about other rules of thumb? I mean, the, you meant- I just thought you had quite dainty thumbs, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Look, show us your thumb. Show your thumb up. There's- <laughs> My long thumb, it mate. wasn't his. It wasn't his thumb. He held up, listeners. I. I mean, you mentioned Colin before, so obviously the the other rule of thumb is this: kind of these small, medium, and large effect sizes, which people mm. uh, are still still clinging to. Look, I, I admit I I have used these in the past, and I still do use them occasionally. But I use it in reference to, hey, th- th- this is what people conventionally think. And but it might not necessarily apply to this study. Um, <laughs> I wrote a paper a, a year or two ago, and it was um, th- this one was on base factors. And you know, obviously, one of the benefits of, of, of base factors is that um, there's less reliance on these hardcore thresholds, like a p-value of 0.05, um, because when you're looking at the when you're looking at the base factor, like you don't necessarily need to rely on the re- rely on this because it's a, it's, it's a measure of, of, of relative evidence between between two models and I was at pains to kind of go, hey, like here, here are some thresholds that people have been using, some sort of very, very loose rules of thumb. Um, I wouldn't rely on these. I only mentioned this because of sort of history. Um, don't sort of 
don't 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 do it unless you're thinking very carefully. Yet the, the majority, speaking of the quality of citations, the, major, the majority of citations have been to specifically using those thresholds, which I specifically mentioned, not to rely on, and people are still using them. So there, there definitely is people are attracted to these things because it makes their work a lot easier. They don't have to think as much. Mm. Yeah, they just have to. Yeah, re, re, they have to. They have to rely on these things. So. I have a related rule of thumb that goes along with that. Okay. Like one of the, the problems is that there's um, as much as everyone, hopefully by now, uh, I think there are tribes of fish people living in the Atlantic uh, as yet to make contact with the Homo sapiens uh, who are well aware of the fact that post hoc power is a transformer of a p-value and not a thing. It's not a measurement of power. It does not even. It's not even really like the words don't make sense in context. But let's not dig into that. I'm sure we've complained about it before at some point. But it's the fact that the observational environment that people use and justify to 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 do their pre hoc power, otherwise known as just a regular power. experimental yeah. power, is fucking bullshit. They come up with some effect size where they go. Well, here's a paper that's loosely affiliated with uh, what I'm about to do, sort of, and they had this effect size, so I guess it's that. The, the sample size, uh, Samba. Yeah, so uh, it, it's it's, and I rarely see like in review um, and in discussions that everyone has. I rarely see people questioning the it's 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 more it's become itself it's become as ritualistic and silly sometimes as as post hoc power has because if you're studying something that's never fucking happened before it can be quite difficult in some places to say here's how here's how much difference in a standardized measure of difference we expect between a and b how do you know that well, we took an educated guess. How did you do that? Well, we chose the things at random that we thought were most appropriate for making our educated guess. That's the educated part. And no one says, can you, do because we don't allow people to frame shit as this is totally fucking exploratory. It may be horribly underpowered. We actually, in some meaningful sense, there's a, a way here in which we have no fucking idea how to power this correctly. It, it would be so refreshing for people to go, this is what we are resourced to collect. This is the power that we can reliably detect with the resources that we have. That would be very refreshing to read. Yeah, but no one, no one wants to admit. No one ever. Everyone's, you know, with this Lake Wobegon bullshit. You know, everyone's above average. Everything's fucking perfect. No, you don't understand. We had enough money to get exactly 170 <laughs> people and with a expected attrition rate that puts us at exactly 145. And it just so happens that that is precisely in our pre-hoc calculations here, our calculations before the fact that in our observation that that just happens to exactly fit, uh, this, uh, this D value that, um, we basically fucking made up. Maybe that's it kind is. of like the because five ten years ago. That's a good fucking rule of thumb for you. If all this if all this power calculation stuff is hanging out and looking weird, then someone's trying to pull a fast one. I think about five ten years ago, um, people would say we hypothesize X because that was just the thing to do. Even if they didn't do it, there was no evidence of doing it. 
Uh, a lot of people still st- stick with that. And it, it's evidenced by like <laughs> the amount of times I, I have a paper reviewed and they're like, have you, have you considered adding these hypotheses in? Just because, and <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think these people are trying have to be sketchy. Have you considered going back in time yeah. and having a different idea? <laughs> I, Which, look, this is, re- re- reviewers, when they do this, obviously, look, they're, they're not saying dodgy up your no, shit. They're not. What they're saying is, what they're saying is, I'm helping you frame the narrative of what you're doing. Um, they've never thought of it in terms of this is spectacularly dishonest and actually really stupid in a very obvious way. They don't think of things in those terms. They think of everything in terms of putting the facts available, uh, assembled with the best possible cant within the promotional vehicle available that represents a a publishable article. Well, I think maybe- So, they're they're trying to be as helpful as possible. They're trying to be nice. It's just that they're, you know, it's a little bit like when someone says- you know, have you, did you, did you break up with your boyfriend? And you, yeah, I'm afraid so. And someone says, oh, that's a real shame. If you hit him with a golf club, he'll never want to come back. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, that's horrible advice. Yeah. I mean, I've threatened to hit you with a golf club a few times, but I've never actually done it. Um, it's, you know, as much as you deserve it and you'd look good with a nine iron sticking out of your face. So it's, I've never actually done that. It's obviously flippant, right? If someone legitimately suggests it, you go, well, that might solve the problem. That might change the narrative, but it's also horrible. And it's horrible practice. And more and more people know that. And we're at the point now, or we're getting more to the point now, where either you say, um, you don't say we hypothesize stuff if there's no evidence, or you only say it when you can. So perhaps that's going to be the way to do things when it comes to sample size calculation. Either you're up front and you say, this is what we will resource to do, either in terms of time or money, or you stump up and go, here is our justification that we did before we actually collected stuff, um, and and this is why we picked this precise um, right. effect size. I don't know. I reckon it's sort of- That's another, another benefit of registered reports yes. for you. How many people are you going to collect? Yes, yes, yes. What's the justification there? You actually look at it before the fact. And the reviewer goes- it's evaluated before the fact. I have a lot more faith that you're actually being sincere. Absolutely. Huge. Uh, I reckon that's probably one of the biggest benefits because you can't go back in time. Well, you can collect more people, but that's that's a whole other can of worms when it comes to changing your, your alpha and resources. But mm. at the end of your experiment, you know, you, can, you can't just – it's very difficult to say collect more people. But at the very beginning, if you were to say, this is my effect size, and the reviewer goes, well, I don't actually think that's a realistic effect size – then you can go back and, and, and make different plans. Huge, huge benefit. Mm. I got other rules of thumb. What are your other rules of thumb? Fucking grumble us. Is there's, there's, there's lots of points of language that, that I don't like. Um, a lot of them, a lot of them are, are heuristic features of language. Um, the uses, the use, use of words that are, uh, are problematic in context. The use of phrases that are problematic in context, and I mean problematic, uh, not in the internet outrage sense, but in the fidelity of information sense. Um, there are business terms that shouldn't be in scientific paper because they're not even really business terms. Like, um, oh Jesus Christ! Any any crap business nomenclature from the last ten years or so. Sometimes you see this stuff popping up in. Scientific manuscripts. It makes me instantly distrustful. Um, 
Oh, damn, there's, there's so many. There's so many when you think about it. Um, so these are rules, rules of thumb uh, any, you actually use. Any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any large experiment where you don't report the exclusions or where you report the exclusions and they're really, really small, um, that is a fucking big one for me. Yeah, we did 140 people. Full stop, end of story. How many did you recruit? How many did you fuck up? How many did you actually measure? How did that shake out? Because I refuse to believe you did 140 people. Everything went off seamlessly the entire time and then that was the end and you just stopped. Sus. <laughs> it's very sus. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Um, I mean, there's, obviously, there's a, lot of other, there's a lot of other biometric ones as well. Like you should, you should especially if you're measuring a – a lot of the time, signals don't work for a variety of reasons, um, and those to be reported as like people that you ran through, but then the signal didn't contain the information you wanted, so you didn't do. Yeah, it's normal. You didn't do it. Yeah. Why don't you define more clearly what you mean here by rules of thumb, and I'll see if we can get a few more. Look, things that we use for making decisions, uh, for instance, this idea of what is an appropriate sample size, uh, a Effect size, effect size interpretation. Um, look, those were the main things that I was uh, I was thinking of. Uh, I, I think one of the main rules of th- rules of thumb that I look at is research fields are small, so when you actually see that a particular methodology changes from paper to paper, that is quite a bit of a red flag. When you actually see uh, that a particular researcher uses, you know, th- th- there are num- a number of ways that you could potentially measure uh, cardiac signals, for instance. And if they happen to use a different measure for every single paper, that is a little bit suspicious. And it, it, it brings to mind this this current debate, which is happening, where um, some people uh, want to to use a boilerplate description of how they're doing their brain imaging methods, but journals are going, no, 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 you can't do that because you are plagiarizing, which is kind of ridiculous because you want to actually be able to, um, you want to actually be able to say that we are doing the, the <laughs> we're doing the same method from paper to paper. So it's, uh, yeah, no, so it's, 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 it's super important that we have that sort of consistency there. So that is a little bit unusual. So yeah, that, that, that's one thing that I look at to make sure that if you're actually, um, uh, looking, uh, at the same authors, that there is consistency in methods there. Um, but yeah, look, uh, it, it was really eye-opening doing this. Uh, a few years ago, I did this uh, uh, measure of uh, typical effect sizes. This was in the field of heart rate variability. And I wanted to actually see uh, what the differences were between the actual distribution of effect sizes that were reported compared to uh, Cohen's recommendations for what constitutes a small, medium, and large effect. Uh, So essentially, a medium effect should represent the median effect size, and a small and a large effect uh, should be um, uh, 25% both sides of uh, of that median effect size. And for that particular field or for the, for the sort of stuff that Colin was doing, that was actually quite, um, that was, that was actually quite accurate. And that's what he based it on. And uh, in, in the original paper, he specifically warned, Hey, only use this as a potential backup 
um, these are the sort of effects that you should use as a backup. So use these cautiously, yet everyone, every single person uses them or, or almost everyone does. So it's very curious to see, at least within the field of heart rate variability, how close the effect size distribution or how close these uh, small, medium, and large effects were to, to, to Cohen's effects. And they're actually quite different. Well, the the, the, the median effect was actually quite similar. I think um, instead of being 0.5, it was like 0.52, so it was very close. But when you look at what would constitute a small or a large effect, uh, this was actually um, a little bit different from from Cohen's recommendations. So that actually has implications for how people are powering and planning their studies. So, for instance, uh, what would um, um, constitute uh, uh, the, the effects that you get for case control studies between uh, healthy controls and people with schizophrenia? Um, the, the, the effect sizes are quite large. So, the implication there is that you don't need to recruit as many people to, to do your studies. It can be difficult to recruit people who are experiencing, who are, who are experiencing um, or who, who have schizophrenia. But in that context, you don't have to recruit as many people because actually looking at all the effect sizes, you can actually say, hey, the effects here are quite large. So doing doing these sort of effects here ma- makes make, makes a big difference. So having that uh, having those those rules of thumb when it comes to Cohen's effect sizes don't necessarily apply to heart rate variability research. So that was a real eye-opener. And the good thing is a lot of people have now I posted the code for that paper and a lot of people are using that effect size distribution to actually compare for their research area uh, how do their effect size actually compare to Cohen's norms and a lot of them don't and it's great because people are now going to be more appropriately powering the studies in their in the given research fields well yeah you hope you hope you hope but it's it's it's, it's getting hope. better and um yeah, people people are putting a bit more thought. Oh, I don't know, maybe I'm biased because I'm reading things that people are saying on Twitter, but I, I, I think people are putting a bit more thought into their papers these days. I, I like I like your relentless optimism. Sometimes um, it's it's served you it's served you well when it comes to sort of interface questions like this. You see progress, and you go, "Hey, hey, there, progress. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay, man. You're 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 doing good." You're all right, Progress. I like you. You're my pal. And it's 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 good. It's more appropriate than screaming or despair or being difficult. It's good, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. we we're gonna we're gonna wrap up uh, today's episode. Thanks for listening. We do have um, a, a live episode coming up. Uh, that we're that we're doing as part of the Munin conference, which is on Scholarly Publishing. This is a great conference. It's one of those ones which is in northern Norway in a town I've always wanted to go to. Um, but um, now now it's all online because of the pandemic. We're going to be doing a, a live show as as a part of it. And um, yeah, the- now see, this is this is this is forward thinking right here. I like even if even if we're terrible, this is a great idea. I fucking love it. Now, <laughs> uh, what, what, what we proposed. No, it's just the idea that a conference would propose that their digital speakers be people who are already like who already do this. I just love the idea that they thought of it, man. It's great. I'm looking forward to it, and yeah. I, I think I think this is the longest we've had. We've actually thought of a topic as well. We had to put it in oh, a yeah, conference. It's a proper sure. conference, so we had to put in an abstract. Sure. So the abstract, the abstract is there. Um, the conference is open 
it's free because it's online, but I think there's a cap. But um, the actual episode itself will be live streamed on. Um, I, th- I think we'll do it through Twitter and we'll do it through 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 YouTube, um, all, all, all the platforms. So that, that's going to be great. Um, it's going to be in um, a, the 16th of November, late, mid to late November. We'll put the, we'll put the date in the show yeah. notes. I will comb my hair. Wear your um, wear your, your conference shirt, James. My conference shirt. Yeah. Do I have a conference shirt? Maybe I do. <laughs> the one that you pull I'm, out of yeah. there. But uh, we're going to wrap I, up. I am going to comb my hair. Thank you. Because I mean, technically, it's a, it's some kind of keynotey thingy. I mean, it's it's nice. It's to very be nice. Thought of. You know. So it's good. I mean, it also it, it does actually force us to do like whole uh, old school preparation for the podcast content. Um, I like that. It's it's a good it's a good opportunity. Also, you know, if people at the at the conference. They, I don't know why they thought of us, but here we are. Here we are. Give me a new audience as well. How about that? Oh yeah, yeah. I that's a. <laughs> <laughs> I should should have submitted a request. Like, what is your official conference policy towards bad language and scatological humor? Oh, they, they, they know what they're getting into. The the the, the organizers. Yeah, because presumably they've heard this. They've, but I mean, they- <laughs> Norwegians are a fairly unflappable lot in general. They just sort of you, you talk and they just sort of blink a lot of the yeah. time. And they're like, I accept these words. It's like that's dope. I'm glad you accept these words, sir. I accept yours too. Listen in. Talking about. Listen in. Sing us out. Tune in. We'll be back again very soon with a new episode. Everything hurts. See you later. We certainly will. Take care of yourselves. It's getting shitty out there.